Hey, it's Candy Raquel, founder of Centro de Poder. Welcome to the Sensual Sessions, the place to be to sense your fire and share your flame. Today we have a very special guest, Bearte Haile. He is the founder of Dao Move and he was in China for four years studying Wu Dang Kung Fu and Taoism. He is the first foreigner to study directly from Master Shei Jung, and he has a deep practice on circuit meditation. So well, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. Okay, so, so too. I'd like to know your, your views on what causes dissatisfaction because I, I read a wonderful post about you telling us that satisfaction um, has a, a cause on feeling that we are unworthy and not enough, especially disconnected from, from our own motivations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I've been, I've been exploring for many years about like, well, what constitutes the, the best way to be in the world, like mainly uh, arising out of my own suffering and, and just like uh, not knowing, <laughs> is this meant to be like this? Is it meant to be so painful? <laughs> and, uh, and then through that, I just um, sort of deepened into various disciplines like the Wudang Kung Fu and Taoism, which gave me a lot of context and then into circling, which is a relational meditation, which I went really deeply into. And that sort of brought this sense of inner connection I felt through my martial arts practice into the relational realm, into interacting with people, which was a really missing link for me in um, a lot of the inner, inner contemplative martial arts practices. So um, what I've where I am at in my own understanding of this right now is I arrived at this distinction of intrinsic pleasure, intrinsic. which is the pleasure that comes from simply being at rest in oneself. Yes. There's this, and it's this alignment with uh, life force internally. And that's, uh, and that, that's actually what we should be guided by. And and because everything else seems to just take care of itself from that place. So yeah, that's what I that's sort of my brief definition of pleasure, I suppose. And then this uh this post you mentioned I wrote which sort of came out of my own wrestling with uh pleasure dissatisfaction. Was, was like resting in intrinsic pleasure requires one uh, it requires a sort of trust in that right you need, you need to be trusting that that's uh, a useful way of being in the world that or that it works that it's uh, not going to lead you down the wrong path um, so what what that journey has been like for me and also with the people I work with as um, 
my clients and uh, participants in workshops, etc. It's it's just a, a process of well, for, first it's getting close to that, right? Getting some imprint of wh what that means because not everyone is connected to that. But then there's the this this whole journey. Um, that arises from that, which is actually more a journey of unlearning than learning, although there's certain skills and tools you can have on that journey, but it's massively about unlearning identity patterns and these beliefs we have about how things should be. So there's this, there's a, all the shoulds and have tos are what brings us out of contact with intrinsic pleasure. And uh, as you mentioned in uh, what you were sharing about your own work before we recorded it was it's like yeah there's you have the external pleasures which will surely lead you astray if that's what you're following like because you're not going to find that chocolate or sex or whatever external pleasure it is you choose to follow that's not going to uh, lead you to arrive at rest in yourself it's just going to fuel the desire for more of whatever it is you're pursuing. So, yeah, that's start. That's, that's a great start, very meaningful, because that's, that's exactly tapping at the source of, of pleasure, satisfaction in life, and also like the source of energy and engine towards doing things, because I think that societally we have the things upside, like, flipped around like you have to to suffer and and take like your life force out of yourself to accomplish through the martyrdom via and then you supposedly get the permission to then enjoy and go for for the chocolate for sex for the car and the bag or whatever yeah, right. the all the external things that promise pleasure and then you finally have i don't know like the new iphone this is not the new iphone but, well whatever you want externally and as soon as you get it, now you want the, the new pen or the new other thing because we are not used to sustaining the experience of pleasure nor the experience of satisfaction. That mm -hmm. I believe that in a way it's the experience of the best in life, like the, the free flow of vital energy that is health and it's intrinsically pleasurable so our own disconnection from what you name as intrinsic pleasure uh, makes it harder to even enjoy all the things that we suffered for <laughs> and promise yeah. pleasure and we get them and we discard them and then we minimize them and want another thing but there's I don't know your own experience but here, um, being a Mexican in a very like Judeo-Christian Catholic context, like pleasure is considered like like the the worst evil. <laughs> so it's mm -hmm. and maybe even in Protestant countries like I don't know Holland, etc. It's all about work and and the duty and complying and like getting external like validation or, or approval. So then when, when we finally understand that that's not the way, we still feel like a little bit 
guilty to to contact with pleasure as if it was like an indulgence as if we were like taking more from mm -hmm. what what we deserve like yeah so what would you say about how to flip this around because you had a very nice post about grounding actions in what you most deeply want to do and never have problem mm -hmm. with power so how how would yeah. how can we go from this like guilt idea of guilty pleasures from from welcoming intrinsic pleasure yeah that's a, that's a really good question and it's uh, i suspect the answer to that will sort of look slightly different to everyone depending on like their conditioning and the way they've uh, been put out of contact with that in themselves because it seems to me like it's our birthright is that state of being yes and then it's, it's really innate to everyone like it's uh, it's a quality of being which i think everyone can have access to and It's, I think it's right what you said, like we've got it exactly the uh, wrong way around in society uh, in general, not, not everywhere, but there's a big tendency towards will-based approaches, which is like you, have, like you have to suffer before you can enjoy. And there's like this paradigm about achievement of like ascending to the top of this uh, uh, success hierarchy, like you're successful whenever some imagine, imaginary point of affluence where you don't have to worry about money or whatever, which no one ever reaches really because there's always like this sense of more, 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 more from that point of view. And when you sort of achieve it in a way, like you're not, you discover like these external pleasures which you now are free to pursue They're not going to give you the same, like they're never going to fill that void inside, let's say, like this hole which is left behind from abandoning trust in being. Yes. That's a, a hole that can never be fill, filled by any pleasure coming in from the outside. So then you're going to experience, like that's a really cliched story, right, of this uh, person who has everything they want, but then they're like, oh, This isn't it. This isn't what I wanted. Is it? It can never. That's actually not what we most deeply want. It seems like as humans, we can't. We can be uh, sort of conditioned to want that, but the this pleasure that we feel uh, in relation to that is always contingent upon more. It's never enough unto itself. So there needs to be more of it always to replenish this insatiable void inside. So the, the way to flip, begin flipping that uh, is it's not an easy question to answer when I, when I think about it. Uh, like not, at least not sim it's not a simple one to answer. But a way a way to begin uh like i'm imagining most people who are listening to this have already 
had some glimpse into this realm of this way of being. So it, I think it begins with trust, which like in the, in the beginning, it's a bit more like a, little, a leap of faith, right? Which might be small or it might be large. So a leap of faith could be like, well, for the duration of the time I'm listening to this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get curious about pleasure in my own experience right now. So for whoever is listening to that, that might be, uh, that might look different depending on how your day has been, how your life has been, uh, what kind of environment you're in, all of these things. Uh, but a really uh, direct way into pleasure I found, if, if one is already in a state of stress, then you're sort of separated away from that. So but a direct way in is like just to sort of give yourself a bit of a yawn, like pandiculation is a, it's like the, oh, the yawny, stretchy reflex. Oh, we can do and just aligning with that, like giving yourself a generous yawn and stretch. Oh, like there's a, your body knows how to do it. <laughs> Maybe it takes a bit of allowing it. That seems to be more where it's at because there's also a taboo around yawning, which a lot of people uh, experience. Because yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, it's like even in, even in like uh, covering covering our mouth when we yawn, right? It's like a, it's a bit of an impulse <clears throat> even to apologize for our yawn. <laughs> like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, I'm just a bit tired or whatever it is. So yawning, but yawning seems to me like, wow, that's, it's, it's like a fast track in. in a way. It's brilliant. In that state. Brilliant. Like, yeah. I can feel that change in brain chemistry, like, Immediately, and I, I have a realization that you started stretching and yawning, and then I started stretching and yawning. So, to realization, it's contagious. Like your your state of connection, yeah. your own pleasure influences the atmosphere around you in the same way that someone stressed can stress you. Like negativity is contagious. Also, you can be a, a source mm -hmm. of inspiration to connecting with this birthright of. Of pleasure and secondly one yawn leads to another to another like and you start stretching and then you want to stretch yeah. more and stretch more and yawn more until you get into another state so yeah. so that's like like also an engine of pleasure not, not only having pleasure as the goal of attaining something external but pleasure as as an energetic means mean to run through the process and say be pleasure driven towards achieving whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So I have another question. Mm -hmm. Knowing that you are a martial artist and martial arts, it's not all about like uh, pampering and massage and cozy feelings. Like there's, a, I mean, martial arts <laughs> has to do like with pain, mm -hmm. and it's also like I don't know, I don't know kung fu, but perhaps there's a ranking system of you start like 
kindergarten white belt and you start like leveling up to, to different stages so like a hierarchy of uh, are, uh, yeah. yeah so can, can you like tell us more about your experience of, of, of martial arts like that's that's a road of achievement so how can we like understand more about this view of intrinsic pleasure uh with with your story mm -hmm. on, on your journey like yeah how yeah well you use intrinsic pleasure when you were doing push-ups on the feast or, or i don't know if, how was your training well i haven't always been operating from intrinsic pleasure oh. so a lot of that was very very much will-based like um, yeah sort of like discipline in the sense of you've got to make yourself do the hard stuff a bit like no pain no gain kind of mentality which is like very prevalent in the western world too but it was like uh very hard you know it's like eight eight hours a day of very intense training was uh what a lot of my days looked like So getting up very early, training, having breakfast, training, eating lunch, a little break in the middle of the day to do something, whatever, usually resting. And then training, training food, training in the evening, go to bed. <laughs> so it's like, a, it's a very, in, in some ways it was a very monotonous existence, right? Because it was like, or very predictable anyway. Like I, I didn't have to take care of my food because that was all, prepared for for us by the cook in the school and uh, yeah the my, my own journey of pleasure was actually came out of this one moment of feeling extreme dissatisfaction depression like no vitality at all that was a big turning point for me. And I felt that after I came back from China um, and I was meant, I was meant to be transmitting this art, the art of Kung Fu, Wudang Kung Fu to uh, the West. That was sort of my master Zhong Chui Yong's ambition for me. And to a large part, it was also my mother's uh, idea about what uh, she was proud of me doing that sort of stuff because she's a tai chi, tai chi teacher. So, I mean, at least she was proud of me for doing Tai Chi, right? Or like something to do with my own self-development and not becoming a doctor or some other other thing, which would have not worked very well with me <laughs> particularly. Um, but there was, for, out of this low point, there was like a, there was a moment, moment of grace. Like there was, there was a man, uh, sort of the spiritual head of this monastery in Italy who, who saw me in that place and gave me permission to follow what I wanted. This is, this is uh, like eight years ago now, I think. Wow, it's a long time already. Um, and from that point onwards, there was like this deepening into what I wanted. So I spent the next days in this monastery uh, just doing what I wanted. 
and I accounted this book, which was really just came out right at the right time, which really supported me in uh, letting go. It's sort of a radical book. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily to anyone because <laughs> it, uh, it's a book about awakening and uh, it's a bit like dropping a hang, hang grenade into your identity structures. So yes. that's sort of what it did for me. Share the, What's book. That? Share the book with us. We won't tell <laughs> anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, a caveat is that it's... Uh, it's, it's a confront can be a really confronting book to read if you are uh, attached to uh, who you think you are. <laughs> but it's a, it's a book by Jed McKenna called uh, Spiritual Enlightenment, The Damnedest Thing. And it's, uh, it's a really, it's a book about truth and enlightenment. So at first, I was in this pursuit of truth following from this book. And I, what happened from there was like a complete demolition of uh, the life that I built in Kung Fu. So there was like a really radical cutting off of everything, which plunged me into a lot of darkness also, because I had also isolated myself significantly. But from this place of darkness, there was movement when I'd let go of everything I had to do or should be doing, there was a movement, there was something coming up, there was a, sort of a wellspring of something coming forth. And I realized as I got closer to truth, as this, this experience of truth, and I realized, well, I'm not, this isn't really what is, uh, it's not necessary to go there. Was, was the realization I had because I'm here after all incarnated in this uh, form of Bhyarta who's spent a lot of time learning a lot of different uh, difficult stuff like the martial arts and the Kung Fu and, and, and there was something wanting to come through me. So but I feel the grounding in truth and like that perspective really has supported me in this, but it's not, uh, that's not really my teachings. It's not about truth. It's about being. It's about how to be, because that's that's the yes. that's the primary uh, point of interest I noticed I had, which was like supporting myself, but also other people around me into contact with that, because it's so it was so rewarding and not in the sense that I felt myself elevated, but I felt deeply nourished by yes. the work I started doing from there. Yes. And I just, uh, I just started that, this Tao move, which is what I call Tao move now. And I did my first workshop, people showed up uh, who knew me already. And I just said, I don't know what we're gonna be doing this weekend, but I'm leading into trust. And then there was this really beautiful process of creation and co-creation that happened from the space that emerged under those conditions. And that's where it sort of developed from there. And uh, yeah, that, that was sort of my own journey with allowing 
and it's deepening still. Like there's been a significant deepening the last few months for me in this and a a growing clarity about how significant this experience of intrinsic pleasure is to presence, to uh, being effective in, in the world. Yes, yes. Like not not efficient but effective. Effective, effective. Yes, and also affective. I really appreciate that you share your story and your journey with us because maybe in a way you throw a grenade to your self-identity deliberately. Uh, but I in my experience and many people have been thrown the pandemic grenade into our lives. So mm. many of us are going through mm. the process that you went, but unknowingly because of this situation. I mean, yeah. like I had to close my right. Pilates studios, sell the apparatus half and move to from Mexico City to the mountains. So in these two years, like mm. just like you describe it, like going through this like change and adaptability and in a way bearing your bones and bearing your soul and like realizing like well what is it that i really want to do what i because i when you come to to these uh, hard situations internally or externally driven you don't have extra energy to waste and to spend on sustaining what doesn't sustain itself what is not coming from mm -hmm. from your life source and from your intrinsic pleasure so things start falling apart because you have no you have no energy to hold on to your mask to the mask that you present so mask mm -hmm. all down and yeah. that leads to the question that yeah. i want to ask you to to wrap this up that is Would you share with us a little experience or exercise about how to be, how to connect with being through intrinsic pleasure? Yeah, well, I'll, um, I'd actually like to start with, there's a quote, which uh, I found really useful in this uh, in this journey. It's a quote by um, David Data. Do you know him? Yeah. He's a, 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 a he's a polarity teacher, famous for a book called The Way of the Superior Man, which is a it's an in, interesting uh, interesting title and book. But uh, the quote is about self-discipline. So quote goes, just remember that self-discipline is not self-suppression. Suppression is when you resist and fight against your desires, keeping them as buried and unexpressed as possible. Self-discipline is when your highest desires rule your lesser desires, not through resistance, but through loving action grounded in understanding and compassion. So this definition, this way of defining self-discipline, <laughs> yeah, that it transforms uh, one's relationship to it. 
So it's, it ties into this post I made about uh, ground your actions in what you most deeply want and you'll never have problems with your willpower again. And I created this sort of uh, slightly tongue-in-cheek 17 simple steps to, uh, <laughs> to achieving that. I'm, I'm going to post and, them here on below because that post is amazing. That post leads us all here <laughs> to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think it, it's a really condensed, it's, sort of so, it's also something that welled up from, from within, right? There was like, oh, I just started following this thread and then it created itself. And I was like, this is a good start for, for someone who wants to get into that. Because it's sort of a roadmap and it shows how how it can look. Because there's it's not a straightforward path, right? There's like ups and downs to it and uh, missteps, and we learn from that eventually <laughs> if we're lucky. Yes. And uh, a practice I would I would share. I I think. the yawning and pandiculation practice is a really good one. So uh, I don't know how long I have to lead this, let's we, five minutes or something like that. Or, five minutes or half an hour, however you want. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow <Right>. you're still. <laughs> <laughs> Just make this a 24 hour. Yeah. Yawning episode. Yeah. So, <laughs> So um, if you want to do this practice with me, it's like um, I would just sit back on the chair you're in, lie down on the ground, whatever it is you want to do, and just take a moment to uh, notice what it's like in you. What are the sensations present? Like what's, where are you tense? Where is there a pleasure? Um, anything else that might be there. If there's a lot of thought activity, if there's a lot of uh, restriction, if there's a lot of flow, if there's a lot of whatever. And then, yes, <laughs> opening up into a yawn. And Oh, giving yourself as much space and time to do as you would like. So pandiculation is the yawning and stretching at the same time. It's this, I mean, it's coming from inside out. So this experience from inside out. You can sort of invite it. But it's, you've got to attune to it. You've got to listen to it. And a part of the yawn, people may not, um, they often have not paid much attention to is about the, the diaphragm. So in a yawn, yeah, keep going. In a yawn, like the diaphragm sort of, uh, it moves down to invite air in, right? That's how we, one of the ways we can breathe. In a yawn, I am crying. We from move into that position and we stay there. So it's almost like a yeah, and tears can start coming. There's a lot that can 
uh, not tears of sadness, it seems, just like Those are tears, tears of, coming out. Tears of intrinsic pleasure. <laughs> exactly. And as the diaphragm uh, sort of moves down, it sort of stretches and, and it really has such a strong effect on our internal state, this, uh, this uh, little trick we can do that I think is really underutilized currently. Like there's not a lot of attention around the benefits of yawning, maybe partly due to that it's slightly taboo, maybe because it's so right in front of our face that we can't see it. You can move around a bit. You can go into different parts of your body. Uh, sort of just freeing up yourself and what what you allow yourself to do. A lot of the shoulds and should nots, which are contained in our identity structure, our nervous system, they're really very strongly correlated with posture and how we hold ourselves. So if we're not... <laughs> If we've got a strong identity, which is a sort of a will-based identity, then it will usually limit how we are allowed to move because it's about that mask you mentioned earlier. It's like about how we are perceived. So just sort of letting the body make the shapes it wants to make can be a practice unto itself. Because it seems to me that actually allowing for that intrinsic pleasure, there's, there's got to be that permission internally to let ourselves move in the way which feels good. And of course, as we do that, we also meet all of the, way to be, all of the reasons we haven't done that. There's fear, there's all of these consequences which we were on the receiving end of when we didn't do this behavior which we've learned. Uh, what you might notice with the yawning is that as you yawn, your voice will also become deeper in your, in your body. You'll have more connection with your belly. And there'll be like the sense of release. And and this yawning practice is something you can do. You can start with yawning and branch out into free movement or whatever you want. I sometimes put on some music. Um, it can also just be a tiny little break you take in between your work to stay connected to yourself. Because screens often, they, they tend to bring us out of ourselves into this external pursuit. So then it can be useful sometimes just to come back inside because that, that is just like a, well, it's our connection to our creativity, it seems like, it comes from there. There's like the space and there's a, and there's a, a patience also there, which allows for this uh, process of emergence. There's an emergence that happens when we when we touch it 
which doesn't mean that a lot of stuff will happen, but it means anything can happen. Anything can happen when you connect with intrinsic pleasure. Wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like completely satisfied <laughs> in life and everything. Wonderful mm -hmm. <laughs> exercise. And so approachable and obvious and natural. Like when we were little, we were yawning and stretching and moving freely and connecting, connected with our intrinsic pleasure, like more attuned to, to the satisfaction as much as pain as a signal of things going wrong, like move away from there. Like, like mm -hmm. if you see a crocodile, you're not going into the mouth of the crocodile, you go away. You go away from pain and dissatisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very good to have yeah. this easy conceptual tool that you shared with us of the intrinsic pleasure and the practical tool of joining and stretching and connecting to mm -hmm. the pattern of pandiculation to tap into intrinsic pleasure. This is fantastic. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. So, how, how uh, it's a real, real pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> so, how can we know more about your work and contact you? Um, I think the best way to stay in in contact with uh, with me is through my social media at the moment. So I have I have a website and a newsletter which one can also sign up for. Uh, so www.daomove.com is my website. And you can sign up for my newsletter there. And then you'll also get sort of a private link to a documentary about my uh, journey in China, which uh, has English subtitles. So... If you want to learn more about that, see, see a bit more about what I came through, which is sort of a different life, but still it's part of my, my journey. Um, if you want to stay in touch with my writings, I, I do send newsletters uh, and uh, Instagram, Dalmove, also there, or Bjarte Hiley on my Facebook. Great. So if you search for Bjarte Hiley, you'll find my Instagram and Facebook. Um, both of them great so that's how to get in touch with me if you're interested in coaching I'd suggest you send me an email and we can take it from there fantastic go contact Bjarki highly you won't regret it this is an amazing experience thank you so much Bjarki it's been a pleasure to have you here in the essential sessions thank you Kandia my pleasure so Remember to take the space to know your fire so you can share the flame. And if you're not already, subscribe to the essential emails to get the essential sessions delivered weekly. Then go to centrodepoder.com and subscribe. See you next time.